Yeah. Check it out. See, the only thing you need to do right here is snarl your freaking head. August 20th, and it's episode 200, and this is the Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast. The Fantasy Auctioneer Podcast is the official podcast of the FantasyFootballAuction.com, the first website dedicated to fantasy football auctions. We've got a great show for you tonight. Tonight, firstly, I just can't believe it's episode 200. We were talking about it before the show, and uh, you know, a lot of, lot of uh, um, shows do a big big deal for these milestones my big deal slim is i'm just gonna just go to episode 200 and then we'll move on secondly we're gonna break down the latest auction that we were in blister and i were in an auction tuesday night and uh slim's been taking a look at the numbers so we'll get some critique from him and then finally we're gonna get you ready for your drafts well i mean i think breaking down this auction is gonna get you ready for the drafts and first we're gonna go through some twitter questions as well but of course our analysts, they're always here. Well, Blister's not here tonight. He's out trying to catch some musky, I think, uh, out on some retreat with, I don't know, a bunch of couples in some remote location. Anyways, but mm. the other guy's here. He's uh, getting some physiotherapy on his shoulder after paddling at the end of a fishing trip. Uh, Slim, happy to hear uh, you, you made it home safely, buddy. Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? I repeat. Yeah, last night we decided to go fishing for a few hours and a storm po- popped up and the guy whose boat we took uh, on the way home in the dark, uh, yeah. thankfully very dark. close to home, Yeah, it was, uh, we ran out of gas. <laughs> oh no. We didn't have to paddle though. We had just threw the trolling motor in and it, the battery of the trolling motor was almost dead though too. <laughs> so <laughs> we couldn't go full throttle even with that. We had to just putz our way call somebody it, to come bring us a can of gas and it was all good a lot gave it, us one, one more beer calm in the boat, night. But. yeah yeah there you go and a calm night at least so that uh i mean running a, a, a low battery on the trolling motor in a rough night would have been uh maybe oh, not so fun if we ran out of gas probably about <laughs> a minute and a half before we actually did we would have been <laughs> still it would have been a much longer night yeah <laughs> i don't think we would have enough juice in the trolling motor and it's a big boat to paddle. We would have been <laughs> a long time. Would have ended up in the dam somewhere down at the mill. Um, I don't <laughs> know. Could... The wind was blowing kind of, <laughs> that's the thing we would have to fight the wind to, to get home. So I don't know oh, what, where we would have ended nasty. up. But in it, in, as it went, as it went, you had another beer in the boat and let the trolling motor uh, do what oh, it needed yeah. to do. It and actually didn't all, turn out bad. It's only yeah. a, probably another 10 minutes on the yeah. lake so not and a good not story terrible. good story to tell oh all the wives of course we're texting them and we're like they're never gonna fucking believe that we're <laughs> running out <laughs> of gas that's why we're late like, yeah yeah we're like, oh yeah it was stormed we had to pull into my my brother's in-laws cabin so we stopped there and crush a couple beers and a couple <laughs> bags of chips and yeah we had to wait out in a storm no oh, it's not raining in town that's weird yeah i know <laughs> The mysteries of the big lake. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, anyways, we got a good show tonight uh, with episode 200, Slim. I mean, any uh, big words you want to say for 200 or are we just going to talk? No, just hand the ball to the ref. Let's go. (laughs) Good. I like that. Hand the ball to the ref. this flashy shit and celebrations and whatever. No, that's fine. Let's go. All right. Well, Slim, if you're ready, and if you guys are ready, then I'm ready. Let's cock the hammer. It's time for action. All right. So like I said, we got a great show for you tonight. Tonight, uh, we're going to break down the latest auction that Blister and I were in. And I think that's going to really help everyone get ready for the big drafts this weekend. I know that uh, we've, we had a fan... Slim polishing off the belt, yeah. getting stuff ready for this weekend. Tweeting us, say, hey? "Fuck, that looked good too. Nice and shiny." It, it, yeah, it was good a nice him. big one. 
I love to hear that. So we're going to uh, get get you guys ready for your auction this weekend by breaking down one we just did during the week. Uh, but to start off, we've got a couple of Twitter questions, uh, Slim. So this, uh, oh, geez, this segment, we haven't done this one for a while. This segment here is called We Just Got a Letter. 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 Wonder who it's for. All right, so we got a we we just got a letter. Well, we just got a couple of tweets in today um, from a couple old time fans that have been listening to the show for a while. Uh, first one here, this is uh, from Ryan Miner at Ryan Miner underscore FFB. His question here, Slim, is uh, hearing lots about AAV or average auction value on redraft values. How does that change in keeper leagues? Like, if you have Barkley and Aaron Jones or Michael Thomas all for ten bucks, which he wasn't tooting his own horn, I don't think, uh, Slim. But, like, yeah. how would you enter a draft with only 50 bucks to go? Well, we did omit the party put in brackets, quote, mm. like, humble brag. Um, yeah, well, so and he should have like, been. You know, pretty, yeah, pretty sick he's got them for 10 bucks. Yeah. Um, so, I think the biggest thing with keepers is you just have to know that when you start drafting into the player pool of players that aren't kept – there's going to be inflation because now there's scarcity. Uh, mm-hmm. So like, you know, for, for Ryan, he's keeping Barkley and, and Aaron Jones. I'm assuming a handful of other running backs are all getting kept as well by all the other teams. So right. if there is one stud in there that maybe for whatever reason, he's not kept probably he's outpriced now. Like if you want to go get that guy, you're going to have to pay, I think usually somewhere between 15 and 20% on average above what you think he would go for maybe in a redraft setting uh, to get a player like that. And if it's a high-end guy, then it's probably, you know, closer to 40% even more sometimes. Um, Because, you know, when you look at a team like his, Barkley, Aaron Jones, Mike Thomas, if you just add one more high-end stud there, then – that's a pretty potent lineup. So I don't know for me with keepers. um, I'm very aggressive trying to get the pieces that I need uh, to, I think hopefully be a contender. So um, yeah, I think you just book that, you know, 20, 30% more and cross your fingers that, you know, you don't get up in some huge bidding war. Um, right. Because if everyone spends their money too on some of these guys, then, you know, you can hopefully the value should should eventually come. Um, so, you know, and a lot depends on roster construction already. And, you know, for him, maybe he doesn't go super aggressive on a running back. Maybe he decides to let everyone else go that route and then he just pounds some of the values at wide receiver. But um, as a whole, I think you just need to be, ready to pay up for those studs and in, in keeper. And that's why it's so hard when we get these keeper questions, because the dynamics of the league, the um, you know, who's being kept and for how much and all those things all come into play so much. So I find these keeper questions really, really tricky to um, even answer when we, you know, with, if a guy's got, you know, in our, our preseason uh, membership there where they've got the email address and they can email you directly. I mean, that's where that comes in handy because then they can send you all the sheets and this guy's being kept for this. And this is this guy's mm-hmm. roster. And so we can actually have a look at it and really break it down. I mean, uh, a uh, few characters on a tweet really make it tough to, to break it down. So uh, let's see how I just did a little plug there for going over to the website and clicking on the Patreon stuff and oh, see how yeah. I did that. Oh I yeah, yeah, you did. did you? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Cool. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, no, but I was going to say also too, when it comes to this stuff, uh, a couple weeks ago, I did um, our first, um, it was the first draft. So John Bosch got a bunch of analysts together we did a, a salary cap league and a lot of us, it's our first time doing um, salary cap. And so it was an interesting redraft in all the guys that got cut um, and their salaries, you know, then are all cut from your, from, from your roster, I guess. Um, and then the redraft happens and you, you don't want to be too aggressive because it's hard. You might have to keep that guy at that price for two or three years 
um, you know, if you pay up, right? So right. it was really a tricky thing. Like I go into this auction draft and it was really good actually in this uh, day and time, you know, when we, it's hard for everyone to get together, but everyone knows how to use Zoom and Google Meets and all that. We just did a live auction on a Google Meet. So shout out to John Bosch for coming up with that. 14 guys all yes. sitting in there and John just, uh, he was the auctioneer for the night and we just did it there. We weren't on another site doing anything. He just, he had a spreadsheet open and he was just, hammering out the contracts right live as we were doing it. And I, I had $18 to spend in this redraft. I won the league last year. I got Christian McCaffrey and uh, Lamar Jackson. And uh, um, I happened to draft a guy by the name of Miles Sanders too. So that all kind of panned out for me. And so I ended up winning the league last year, but I didn't have a lot of cap space for this year. So I had $18 to spend. And some guys had 90, $95 because they just, cut you know what i mean right but it, it was uh an interesting way to go in and i think two hours into the draft i drafted my first guy yeah, because wow. i didn't have any money you know what 18 I mean? bucks, like, yeah yeah 18 bucks so i just sit there and just try to scab away stuff at the end and i mean i don't know if i did that good of a job but some good analysts in there you know guys like peter howard and you know john bosch who's uh, does so much with scott fish and uh you know, fantasy cares and he's got you know, all those uh, eliminators and it, yep. he does a whole bunch of stuff. You got guys from DLF and, um, you know, it's, you know, we even had Jen Smith on there. So you have a female fantasy writer and, um, it's pretty, it was, it was pretty cool. But again, it's that keeper league stuff. It's so hard to answer those questions. So, you know, what's Slim? let's answer That's another, another one. Because, one? Yeah, yeah, let's do another one. So at underscore Ted underscore Williams, uh, who's a longtime listener as well. Uh, ask the question in my DM, but we'll bring it out, uh, bring it out for some to answer too. Uh, he's got a keeper league and he's keeping Lamar and Kelsey and Keyshawn Vaughn. So they must have had the rookie draft already. So he says he doesn't have really any RBs of consequence. Clearly. So he's wondering, he's wondering how we should break down his, uh, his budget heading into the redraft. Again, not knowing who who's available and what the breakdowns are, but he's looking at something like a 40% of his budget on RBs and 40% on wide receivers. What do you think there, Slim? I think he's got to put more to running back. Um, just typically they're going to be more expensive, the top end guys, especially so, and there should be more values at wide receiver. So looking here, I mean, yeah, he's got Lamar and Kelsey. That's those are fine places to start, but He's right. He doesn't have any real running backs. If he's yeah. Keyshawn is his other uh, keeper, then that's not good. Um, so, yeah, I'd be really looking to try and be aggressive at running back. For sure to get one, um, you might not be able to afford to get two, or you might not want to uh, because it might just completely obliterate the rest of your budget. But I think, you know, just having Lamar and Kelsey – gives you some, you know, fairly decent um, positional advantage yeah. weekly. So you're already good there. Like if you can just get one stud running back and maybe uh, even if it's a cheaper guy that you can uh, maybe emerge as a solid running back too, you might be all right. And then some of those more valued wide receivers that hopefully can, you know, maybe it's a young guy that can, that can pop and break out like a DJ Moore or something if he's not kept. But um, I have a feeling maybe since he was, he's fairly young, he's probably mm-hmm. a keeper because he's relatively cheap probably still. But, um, but yeah, uh, you know, again, without knowing what's out there, and like you said, there's so much nuance with keeper questions, just a lot like auction, but uh, you have to really look at who's available in the player pool and try and predict how you could build a roster, what your roster construction would look like with various uh, players or tiers even in what's out there. And you can start to see where you want to prioritize. But for sure, I'm trying to get some type of an RB1 and then um, go from there. For Let that dictate kind of where you're going to move Where from else there. you're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. So have the idea that you're going to be flexible after – you try to tackle that RB one. Yeah. And who knows yeah. what's left. Like maybe it's a James Connor or somebody like that. And then you can scab something else together. Like, cause you were right. A lot of those guys, a lot of big name guys got to be kept. If he's, you know, if he's keeping these two guys and, or these three guys, and you're guessing with Lamar and Kelsey, you got them for cheap a few years ago, you know, and that's why he's keeping them. Otherwise, right. if they're at value, you're probably sending them back and trying to redo, redo everything. So exactly. yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. Anyways, all right, so that's um, uh, 
we just got a letter and we haven't done um, letters for a while. So that's good. So if you do have questions for us, uh, make sure uh, when you're paying attention and Slim puts out a call for, for questions for the podcast, we are at fantasy auction. So you can tweet us your questions for podcasts there and we will answer them live on the air. So next up, uh, next segment I want to do here, Slim, is I want to take a look at the big auction that one of the big home league auctions that Blister and, uh, and I are in. He's the commissioner of that league. So let's just call this segment Auction Breakdown. And I knew I had a sounder there. I could do the... Um, the Beverly Hills cop breakdown, shakedown. I can do, uh-huh. I can bring that in there. I have that sounder already saved. So I figured well, I might right. as well call it a segment. A yeah. It's been a long time, right? We used to do, we used to do a lot of uh, funky stuff. I guess it has been 200 episodes slim. Yeah. Uh, there's been quite the evolution. <laughs> well, evolution is, is right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's up. That first, I will go back. Maybe I should release that first episode. I don't think I've deleted it off of everything. It was something. It was something. Yeah, I should maybe shouldn't. release it. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Hey, yeah, okay. Anyways, before we get things started, some I just wanted to remind everyone about our pa- our Patreon site. Make sure you head on over to our website, thefantasyfootballauction.com, and click in any of the membership areas. Uh, right now, we've got a huge number of listeners that are grabbing the quote-unquote sheets package, which involves, it includes all of our cheat sheets. I just put mine on there that I did with this uh, live auction draft that we did on Tuesday night. So I included that in the sheets as well. So that's Slim Blisters and, and myself. We all have our cheat sheets on there as well as our auction value sheet, which has 10, 12, and 14 man auction values. It does have super flex just for the quarterback position because everything else kind of works out in the wash. Otherwise, it has AEVs for all those things. It's got our value indicator there as well to help you find out where the deals are. But some one of the things I'm realizing is a lot of guys are missing out on doing the premium podcast and the direct email access. That's that preseason um, mm-hmm. kit. And I found, and through talking with you off the air and talking to a couple of our patrons, it it's not real easy, unfortunately, the way I set it up, first time patron guy, to be able to do both tiers. So if you want to do both tiers, just send me a message on Patreon and uh, you can just donate the five bucks and then you get the premium podcast, which Slim and Blister have been breaking down each of the positions, talking about budget uh, strategy and budget creation, the roster constructions. There's, I don't know, I think about 10 premium podcasts on there. And then also you get a direct access email address. So you get to email us direct questions. And like we just answered some of those keeper questions and it's just a few characters and it's tough to answer. Here, you can really break it down. You can send screenshots of rosters and all those types of things. And we can really work with you on how to um, attack your draft because everyone's draft is a little bit different. So you can do both. You can just make a uh, donation on Patreon for five bucks and uh, add the podcast and email package to your preseason kit. So just fire me a message on Patreon if you have any, any questions on how to do that. So there we go. So... So let's take a look at the auction. Blister and I were on uh, in on Tuesday night. Uh, you've got all the results there as far as the auction values. And then, I mean, again, it's one more draft that you can use to update our auction values on the website, which are always um, actual draft numbers that we're putting on there. And I will say, Slim, during this draft, I was pretty impressed. I have our AAVs set up on the cheat sheet and then the actual values. And the top two, three tiers at pretty much every position – I mean, you're within a buck or two of everything. And when you're talking guys at, you know, the $40, $50 range to be a buck or two off, that's, uh, it was pretty tight. So I was pretty impressed. Well, thanks. I mean, like I said, it's been good to use data from actual money league drafts. Like, you know, you see lots of estimates and things and, I mean, everyone's kind of doing their best for sure. And some people are guessing like it's, but, uh, you know, I saw one comment guy commenting like that, you know, if you look at any draft, say mock draft or something, or compared to any draft with decent stakes, then you're going to see drastically different numbers. And right. I think especially at the bottom end, like, uh, there's just, doesn't just, the bottom just doesn't fall out 
in on in drafts mm-hmm. when there's higher stakes involved. Uh, people are much more frugal with their extra dollars at the top end, so yep. that guys are going for four or five dollars at the bottom end instead of everybody just being a one dollar player. So right. to me, that's well, the biggest we, we difference. Saw, we, we saw that in this draft and. So in this draft, this was super flex. It was uh, one QB, two RBs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and a super flex with seven bench spots, $200 budget. Obviously, it is a PPR. It's also a quarter point per carry league, which does up some of those workhorse backs a little bit. So um, I drafted out of the – I nominated out of the seven hole, and Blister was in the six. So he sniped me on a couple of – especially early nominations guys that we were thinking about throwing out, but uh, slim just uh, before you kind of go through what you saw, I'll just talk about how I attacked this league and what my, what my budget breakdown was going in and then kind of how it ended up uh, afterwards. So it's a super flex. So I wanted to spend a little bit of money at quarterback, but I didn't want to do too much. So I was thinking if I could get a tier two quarterback, you know, a Dak, a Russell, a Deshaun, a Kyler Murray, in that range, I would be happy. And then with my secondary quarterback, if I could spend 10 bucks, maybe get someone in that third tier. I was going to not go after Lamar or uh, Mahomes. It just didn't make any sense to me, but I wanted to get two decent quarterbacks. Didn't really work out that way, but we'll we'll talk about that. And then um, at the, I really wanted to attack running back because we've talked about the value of wide receivers so much. So I budgeted forty five or sorry $50 for my RB1 and $40 for my RB2. So that left over about three bucks for my tight end, 10 bucks for my flex position. And then with the seven bench spots, I was holding about 22 bucks for the, for the bench. So I could still get a couple of decent name guys high up on the bench if I needed to. And then, uh, scab together a couple $1 guys at the end. Now, the way it actually broke down, uh, instead of spending $25, then this is why you need to know what you're going to do, right? And you need to be able to flex and move. So instead of spending $25 on my two quarterbacks, I spent 12 and, uh, in, uh, my RB1 actually went for 56 rather than 50. And my RB2 went for 37 rather than 40. It went up at wide receiver one at, uh, uh, sorry, I guess at the wide receiver position, I was going to go 20 for my one, 15 for my two, and 15 for my three. And I ended up going 26, 15, and five. Uh, I spent 10 bucks on a tight end. So I didn't really follow my budget at all. So I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I went in with a plan, but like I talked about in the uh, solo exercises podcast that I did uh, last time around, uh, talked about how you need to be able to be flexible and know what each of these different plans looks like so that uh, you can ebb and flow during the draft. So that's how it broke down. Uh, my roster, Slim, and then I'll let you just talk well, about – Just a second. Go ahead. You do yeah, your go. roster. I just yeah. want to ask you then. Yeah. At what point in the draft did you have to pivot? Like where did you just start to say, okay, my budget's completely different and, and now I'm switching gears? Like well, I see you you budgeted, say, 50 bucks for RB. And you got Zeke at fifty six. Was that yeah. the turning point? Like, because I would have no. Probably I was been okay. Early. I was. I was. It was early, and I was okay with that because um, I then I pulled. So what I did in that situation is I pulled money out of um, originally. I thought, okay, well, I'll pull money out of my super flex and out of my uh, quarterback, and I could still kind of get where I where I want to go, and that's where I kind of made up that money. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you're seeing on my sheet, I've got the budget, the new, and the actual. It was only so that the math could work out. I need a better way of of doing that on, on the side there, but I don't draft. We do only do like some live drafts. And so I don't, I don't bring a computer to it. So I'm still working on that part of it, but the pivot I think went when I paid up for uh, Darren Waller is really then all of a sudden, like it was three bucks to seven bucks. And then I had paid up at running back too. And then I paid up for Cooper and, and I didn't really even want Cooper. I was more price enforcing at that point. Like he was at 25 and I said, ah, 26, like someone's going to go for more than that. And it didn't happen. Cause I didn't want Zeke and, and Cooper, like I, it's, I look like a Homer and that's, you know, <laughs> and Goosh was in the draft. And so I even commented in the side, I like, I look like Goosh. I said, and like, I didn't really want it to go that way, but it did. And so paying up for those, um, RB one and wide receiver one that was an extra 12 bucks that I wasn't accounting for. And then the seven bucks at the tight end, then I really had to, I didn't, it was really what the hell was I going to do then 
the crappy part about the whole thing, Slim, is that I end up with money at the end of it because now I sat on stuff because I was getting paranoid. I'm like, oh, I overspent, I overspent. I got to sit back. I got to sit back. And in hindsight, having 10 bucks left over. um, And I felt I played aggressive. That was the thing. Like I often have money left over because I'm, I'm being timid and I'm sitting back and I'm, I'm not attacking positions. And that night I attacked positions and then got a little gun shy, but I was still happy with my team. Maybe not so much with my bench. And, but then all of a sudden I looked, I said, I still have money left over. How did that happen? Well, that's what I was going to say. So when you had money left, did, was it a kind of a clerical error or was it like for me, when I feel like, I've made some savings somewhere. Like I'm immediately putting it, like I'm assigning it to a position or two. So say it's 10 bucks. I might say I'm putting eight on my super flex now and I'm going to put the other two maybe on like a bench spot or something. But like, I know hopefully where it's going. So like, it's not just like floating somewhere. Well, I wasn't later somewhere, but you're not sure where exactly. And just, keeping it in mind and then you forget about it kind of thing. Well, my starting lineup, um, I feel I was aggressive and I spent pretty much what I had budgeted there. Um, and I had $22 originally budgeted for my bench, but I spent two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen dollars 12, $13 yeah. on my bench. And that's where it went different. Cause I kind of sat back a little bit cause I was like, ah, and then there wasn't a lot left. And then I didn't need to spend money on the bench. Like, I mean, I wanted uh, Chase Edmonds. I got him. I was happy to get AP on my bench for two bucks. I wanted to get a third quarterback. I got Drew Locke. Um, you know, uh, I took a couple, you know, I'd gotten to kill Harry, a Hunter Renfrew, a Curtis Samuel, some guys that could be flyers and could, you know, end up being my wide receiver three, or I could flex a couple weeks. Like, you know, I saved money with Jonathan Taylor as my, what will be my flex now at 16 bucks. So it was just, I just didn't spend money on my bench. But what if you just said, I take all 10 and I put it on your super flex. Now you got 12 bucks and then you don't have to draft lock. Right. And like it, it's just one more spot for. Well, by the time it got to that situation where I guess I, I guess I could have done that. It was too late. Cause now I'm like, well, am I doing Jimmy G? Am I doing uh, big Ben, uh, Daniel Jones? Like, and I thought, well, no, I'm not going to pay up for any of those guys because they started going, right? You started, like, if you look on the sheet, Daniel Jones went for six, Baker Mayfield for five. Um, you know, even Teddy went for three. So I'm like, well, I, I'll just, I'll save it for my, uh, um, for that flex position and I end up getting Jonathan Taylor at a good, at a good price, but it was overpriced. I don't know. I just, it was a weird way that it worked out. I thought I was being aggressive. I wasn't. Uh, my typical drafting self, I was mm-hmm. aggressive and still ended up with money coming back. And um, I wish I could go back through Yahoo. Of course, I can't get in there and take a look at where my where my draft went. And then I could I could look at that because I'd like to reflect on it now, um, seeing that I have ten bucks. I'd like to learn from it. You know? Yeah. Yep. So, anyways, that we've pretty much said what my team was, but I went Matt Ryan, Zeke, and Austin Eckler. And then Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin, Marvin Jones, uh, Darren Waller, tight end. Jonathan Taylor will sit in as my flex maybe right now. I don't know. Maybe it's AP for the first couple weeks. Um, Derek Carr is my super flex option. Then on my bench, Drew Locke, uh, Curtis Samuel, AP, Nikhil Harry, Dallas Goddard, Hunter Renfrew, and Chase Edmonds. So that rounds up my lineup there. Mm-hmm. So you got to look at this and it's got, you got my cheat sheet and what I do with my cheat sheets. I have our auction values on there. I have my positions tiered and not necessarily tiered the way I like them more where I see the price breaks breaks. Cause I, I mean, I know what I want to attack. And so it's not my tiers, but it's so that I can track that auction. You, that's why I have them tiered that way. Then I've got the actual value and then I have a difference on there so I can track that auction, uh, auction you. So some, you had to look at the sheet. What did you see? What did you notice? Um, anything stand out to you? Sorry, I talked a lot. Um, I think we talked about this a little bit before the show, but like, I like Superflex is is kind of tricky because you know you just you don't know in any given draft what people are going to spend at quarterback. Like sometimes people are just going to go big at quarterback, yeah. and 
that's going to completely change your budget. So, um, you know, here I thought the prices were fairly reasonable, mm-hmm. um, pretty in line with, I think a lot of the ones that I do at Superflex. Um, but so that was cool, but I was looking at it like, you know, I always look for where's the breaking point going to be for when players just start going for dirt cheap. And right. here it never really happened like until like right, right, right at the very end of the draft when guys were, when it, you know, you expect everyone to go for one or $2. Um, there wasn't a lot of one, $2 guys because no, well, I mean, mind you, I don't, I don't chart the $1 guys a lot unless it was somebody like Christian Kirk. He went for a dollar. Like, you know what I mean? So I charted that, but like kind of the, the mid tier, like kind of the high end RB twos, um, like Gurley went for 33, Fournette went for 29, Chubb went for 44, uh, Chris Carson went for 25, James Conner for 31. To me, those are all overpays slightly. Um, so then you think, okay, when I see that, I'm thinking, all right, then if people are doing this, when does the, the big values start to come? And, and there was a few at receiver, like, uh, Cooper Cup went for, 17 and Robert Woods went for 15. I like the prices there. And I, you got McLaurin for 15, which is a pretty good price, I think. But there wasn't really any other like huge values there, which it was, you know, if you're sitting there waiting for the big values, you probably would have been sitting for a while. And then all of a sudden it was time to start buying like $4 players. And you're probably thinking, Oh crap. I, I, my roster doesn't look so good uh, yeah. compared to what you were hoping was going to be. So um, that was the one thing that jumped out to me anyway, was there wasn't uh, a few here and there, but like a lot of the times you'll see like, here's a line and now the people are out of money and it's just, it's go time. And there's still hopefully some um, quality players there. And it kind of never really happened in this draft. It was fairly chalky. I guess so. I guess where I guess where you see any of the real differences when I, I mean it would be my one, two, three, four, fifth tier of wide receivers, starting at AJ Green and working its way down to Manny Sanders. There's some values there where they shaved off a couple bucks here, a couple bucks there. Like that whole tier goes for two, three bucks under what the AAV was um, to make up a little bit, and so maybe because it was a little bit here and a little bit there in that tier, that adds up to a lot. I don't know. You know what I mean? If you look at, you know, uh, um, you know, AJ greens, you save two bucks, uh, Deontay Johnson, save four bucks and Marvin Jones, save four bucks. Brandon cook, save four bucks. All of a sudden it's four bucks, four bucks, four bucks, four bucks. But that's the only real point in the draft that I see where there's substantial guys going for under AAV. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know for sure. So it was, it, 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 it felt like a pretty kind of standardish kind of draft. Um, there's some seasoned guys in the room. There's some guys where this might be their only draft of the year. Um, a couple guys where maybe they do a, a snake draft and this is their only auction of the year, but we've been more or less the same group. I think the, the group of 12 of us have drafted 11 of us have been in this draft for the last three or four years. So you kind of know some guys a little bit too in that regards, but we've yeah. never done a live draft. It's only been online. So it, uh, unless you're really tracking stuff from year to year, it's hard to, you know, know the guys a whole lot. Cause there's not trading in this league. It's not a dynasty. So you're not talking to them all year. We basically just draft and, you know, a couple guys from town and a couple guys aren't from town. And so you don't really talk about it after it so much, but. Yeah, no, I mean, it gets a little tricky, but I mean, hopefully you get a decent read on a lot of the, uh, some of those guys by now and um, kind of know who some of the players they typically like or teams that they like and right. players that they'll target. So, Right. Well, and speaking of that, we did make a couple of jokes. If you want to take a, blisters, uh, take a look at Blister's roster, because uh, the T.Y. Hilton and Keenan Allen seem to be kind of uh, chalky blister plays. Um, I don't have his sheet in front of me. And so of course, like I said with Yahoo, I can't go break down the draft and see where everyone went. So we could cross correlate this with my sheet and whatever, and we could do that for a few different guys, but, uh, blisters team, 
he, we started making a joke that he was team geriatric because it started to look old early. Um, him and myself and another buddy who lives overseas now, we were on a Google meet together and just kind of talking during the draft. So we were making some jokes that way. It makes the, oh. made the draft way better. Like if you're going to do an online draft, everyone knows how to do stuff with a webcam now. Like everyone knows how to do that. Get your commissioner or you yourself, just do a Google meet or what a Skype or whatever you want to do. Uh, it made it so much more enjoyable to have. It was just two of us talking about how the draft, there was three of us all together, just talking about how the draft was going. I highly recommend if you're going to do an online draft, have a, have a live um, component to it, to it, cha- change the whole dynamic. It's about halfway through when I texted one of my buddies and I said, Hey, uh, let's set up a Google meet. What are we doing here? And it changed. So anyway, so we were teasing Blister about being team geriatric, but that's what yeah, it was. But, there's a few elders yeah. that's been on there. Yeah, so Johnson, he went. Levy and Bell, T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen. A little yeah, long in the two. He went Dak, Dak um, and Russell Wilson as his two quarterbacks, which is sick. Um, Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Tyler Boyd. This is just how it puts it, defaults it into your starting roster. Uh then he went uh, Edward Solaire and Le'Veon Bell at running back. You got David Johnson also. Uh, Mark Andrews uh, on a deal at tight end. I think Mark Andrews, he got him for $13, and Zach Ertz went for 20 So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. And then on his bench, Jalen Rager, uh, Jack Doyle, which he loves him some Jack Doyle, Damian Harris, <laughs> Preston Williams, Boston Scott, Justin Jackson, and Bryce Love. Yeah. So there you have it. What do you think of Blisters team? Well, I love the bench, really. Like, um, you know, I, Rager, I'm not a big fan of drafting rookies, but I think he might be one like that could actually do something. Right. Um, Damien Harris is interesting. I, I like getting him very late. Uh, Preston Williams is a guy I think who is going to outperform his value right now. Uh, Boston Scott, Justin Jackson, both. I like those guys as well as just like those prototypical kind of, $1 flyer running backs that you want to load up your bench with. And then Bryce Love, I think I'm starting to get a little more intrigued by at the mm-hmm. for last guy. Like, why not? Why not? Um, so, you know, he's very droppable if nothing pans out there. Uh, for his starters, I mean, I guess I understand why. Like, when you go with Dak and Russell Wilson as you're uh, in a super flex, then you're going to have to make concessions, which – you know, seems like he kind of did it at wide receiver, yeah. Um, which is a good spot, I think, to do it. I'd so he like, spent eight, eighteen on Dak and nineteen on Russell Wilson. So he was in for thirty-seven at uh, at quarterback, and then still going with Andrews. So you add another twelve there. You know, he could have probably easily just grabbed somebody for like three bucks. But I mean, Andrews was a good price, so I can't yeah. necessarily fault that either. Um, so, yeah, if you're going to do that in a super flex, then, yeah, you're probably going to get receivers that look like Keenan Allen and Hilton and Boyd because they're going to be relatively cheap compared to well, some of the other bigger he paid 18 for eight, That's just because he's not here. He uh, paid 18 for Keenan Allen. He did pay up for T.Y. Hilton at uh, 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Which feels pricey when you look at some of the, you know, Cooper Cup at 17, Robert Woods at 15. I, I don't know. Terry McLaurin at 15, um, Chark at 19, AJ Brown at 17. My guess is that Mar- to, I can't remember when it went, but he could have Hilton ranked somewhat higher, or it was kind of he was looking at the what was going to be left after Hilton, and he thought, I better make sure I get something here pretty quickly so that Diggs isn't my wide receiver one or something like that. So, um, and that happens too. Uh, Hopefully it it doesn't, but he probably had to wait a fair amount of time after taking those two quarterbacks that it started to dry up a little bit quick at, at uh, receiver and maybe seeing some of those prices on, you know, the Cooper cups and Robert Woods's and AJ Brown's. He might've thought, well, the next tier below that's going to be hella cheap and it never really turned out to be that. So 
again, that can happen as well. You think you're reading the room pretty well, and then all of a sudden it doesn't quite go that way. And you, it doesn't feel good in your stomach usually, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But who knows? Well, it, okay, so let's just take a look at uh, like this is good um, discussion. Like, I, I want to ask you about as far as roster construction goes. Sure. So when we look at it, so what Blister did there at wide receiver, where he's got Keenan Allen at eighteen, mm-hmm. uh, Ty at twenty, and Tyler Boyd at fifteen. So three guys all kind of uh, where he probably had them tiered very close. He paid about the same amount of money for him. So he spends 53 bucks at wide receiver. Whereas, and I'm not saying mine's better or worse or whatever, but I'm just looking for your take. Um, I've got uh, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin, and Marvin Jones, and I paid 30, 41, 40, 46 for that mm-hmm. trio. Yeah. So, like, you know, do you do you spread the wealth or do you try to go kind of a wide receiver one, two, and three? Like, he kind of took, you know, a three low-end twos and I didn't approach it that way. What do you think about that for roster um, construction? Well, I think I've, I'm looking at who's got high ceilings and hopefully high floors. And when I look at your group, like, I look at a guy like McLaurin, for example, um, I, I think he has a really high ceiling. Um, his floor might be a little bit lower than say somebody like, uh, T.Y. Hilton's, but I don't think it's much. It might be a little right. bit lower than Keenan Allen's, but I don't think it's much. And I think his ceiling's actually higher than both of them. So I like, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to just get upside, not mm-hmm. just like pure crazy, like, lottery ticket upside but like you want consistent production if you can but um i also want to be able to smash that home run and i think a guy like terry mclaurin like they don't really have anyone else to throw to so um they're i i like him in that spot marvin jones i like him a lot and he was probably pretty cheap for you five five Um, bucks yeah and yeah so like at that price that's that's an easy one to pull the trigger on um and Amari Cooper, like we've talked about him, yeah, um, Lister and I did in our last yeah. podcast. Like I just love what that offense is. Um, so I kind of gravitate more towards your trio than his trio. Um, to me, there's a lot of like Keenan Allen was, I think he's still really good. Obviously, like, especially if you play in Dynasty here, the guy's got a lot of uh, knocks coming and I think some of it's unwarranted, but uh, there just doesn't seem to me as quite as up, much upside. Like Boyd, right. I, I know Blister loves Boyd. Um, you know, AJ Green's still there. Yeah, he's probably going to get hurt. He always does, but mm-hmm. in the games and he's there, he's there. So um, I don't know what that's going to necessarily do to Boyd's volume. Uh, you know, and then Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, new quarterbacks what's that offense, what are those offenses going to look like? So there's question marks a little bit there. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I approach that anyway. Well, I just thought it's interesting because we, like, if you listen to it, if you, like, if I, when I, if in a vacuum, if you just called out those names, you would think that maybe Blister spent less money than I did at wide receiver. But in real life, I actually, spent you know eight bucks less in those three wide receiver positions than he did and i'm just but they looked very different right like the makeup the configuration of those three slots are quite different so i just was looking for your take on that and auction allows you to do that right like it's not like snake where you're going to have a clear one two and three like you can you can play with it and mold it so yeah no for sure yeah especially wide receiver too um right it's so spread out there that you can see a lot of different things there. Well, and that's where, like I originally budgeted uh, 2015 and 15. And cause I was going to kind of go the route that blister was going. Like that's originally kind of what I was looking to do. Like I was thinking, you know, well, maybe I could end up with a Robert Woods and a, um, uh, yeah, well, I was wanted to target Terry McLaurin and, you know, maybe a Tyler Lockett or, and that was just kind of what I thought it would look like if I was going to attack running back with a $90 budget for those top two um, running backs. But 
I, as it worked out, I liked the way this broke down a little bit more going a little bit more at one and um, taking some of that money from my wide receiver three and moving it up to one so that I had a clear one, two and three there. I, I just, when I look at it now, that's not how I wanted to budget it. But when I look at it now, it, it looks better to me than what it could have looked like. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was just going to say, where do you guys have those tiered? So yeah, you got Cooper in your top tier and then. McLaurin's well, I mean, right now I just, I, I basically, I, yeah, I did it more, not necessarily like the way my sheets constructed. I tried to look, I'm doing it a little bit more on what I thought price breaks would be rather than where I have them. Like I didn't change any of the rankings or any of that. Those are just our consensus rankings slammed mm-hmm. in there. And then I just hear them, uh, in that way, because I'm looking for auction U is what I'm looking for, right? So if I can if I can try to figure out where the price breaks are going to be, then I can work those tiers is what I'm hoping for. Right. Right. Like they're not my personal tiers, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. Mm-hmm. Like I have them budgeted that so I can see the tier clearly. Like, oh, geez, there's a couple of guys that have gone in that tier. What are the price points going? Oh, look at that. Cooper Cup's going to, you know, in the middle – goes for a, a sick deal. So does AJ green in the middle of that tier. And you're like, nice. Like that, you saw the, you, you can see it there. And especially when it's uh, um, a draft kind of like this, where I can do a little bit more kind of in my head um, just because some of the guys in the room are a little bit different than like, you know, now I'm out of our really big home league, but in that you got to be a little bit more structured because those guys have all, we've all been doing it for so long together. Um, yeah. I really like to do this, this particular draft as part of our research too, for the, for the site. So that's why Yep. in that regards. Right. So, so, okay. Um, anything else you saw from, from the draft? You're right. There wasn't a clear break. Um, it, for the most part at the, at the top end was pretty chalky. Anything else yeah. uh, from the, from the sheet? No, nothing that jumps out other than kind of some of those, you know, tier three type running backs going for fairly high prices and uh my boy Mike Gusecki I don't like seeing him going for eight dollars <laughs> yeah well and worried. that was late late and late 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 like it was um That's like we saw Jarwin already go John who already went Irv went Hooper went like it was really late and he was just sitting there guys but just wanted- eating those guys must yeah. all listen to our podcast and well, there's a few of them that did. They just were waiting for him, hoping yeah. to get that deal and gotten a bidding war. I can see it. Well, and, I think, and, I, and I think what we saw also at the running back, why that tier went for a little bit overvalued where everything else was fairly chalk was that everything else was fairly chalk. You know what I mean? And so guys, guys who didn't want to spend very much weren't spending up there. And then all of a sudden like, oh crap, I don't have a starting running back anymore. And that, you know, where if you look at um, – you know, myself and, you know, there was a couple of other guys who have two guys in that top, maybe 10 or 12. Um, there were some guys that didn't have an RB one anymore. And now they're sitting there going, Oh crap. Like it's a Kenyon Drake. Uh, am I taking Fournette? Like who's going to be my RB one now? And so some of those values jumped up because there were two or three of us that took that spent, you know, that 85 to $90 on, two running backs and it didn't leave a lot for those other guys. They were like, Oh crap. You know, they were going to budget 40 bucks, but they weren't going to go to 45 and now they're screwed because now there's only $35 running backs left. So they're going to have to pay 40, you know? Yep. Yep. So I found that. And I think that that was some of the more inexperienced guys that kind of got stuck. And then looking at that tier and going shit like this is like, I'm going to start, uh, James Connor and uh, Todd Gurley, like that's my, yeah, those are my two. Like, really, is that what I'm doing? You know, and it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But they know they got to pay up for them because the next thing they're going to do is they're starting Kareem Hunt and uh, you know Chris Carson. Yeah, well, no, no. Like my thing in auctions is, it's like if you think of it in a snake mentality. I want as many top end players on my roster as yeah. I can. Like, you know, if I can get four players that you would normally go in the first three rounds of a snake draft, that's probably pretty solid. And 
mm-hmm. you know, hopefully you can get four players that go in the first two rounds even. Um, so, yeah, when you have to start looking at saying, hey, is Todd Gurley going to be my RB1? Then, and then who's going to be my RB2? That gets a little bit. Yeah. It's yeah like especially if you waited and waited <laughs> and you don't have any, like, other studs. Like, at least hopefully you got uh, George Kittle and Tyreek Hill right. to go with that. But if you're Maybe sitting there waiting. Oh, Tyreek uh, banged up today. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I know what you're saying. You're hoping at least that you're uh, ahead of the rest of the field in a couple of other positions. If now you're staring at Todd Gurley being your RB one. Well, there's nothing worse when all those top running backs are gone and you haven't bought a single player. And now you're looking at it like, okay, I've got all this money to spend, but I don't really love anybody that's out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're going to have some depth, but it's going to just be kind of meh. Yeah. Right. Too. Like, you're like, whoa, I got a pretty deep bench, but I'm not really starting any of them. Or, or you'll every have week three receivers yellow. from the wide receiver 10 to 15 range, which is cool, but yeah. it's not necessarily going to win you any leagues either. So uh, there's no guarantee that that's going to even, you're going to outscore anybody else really there. So uh, it's kind of like, I don't know. You just don't feel great about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it was good. It was the first real auction that I did of the season. The other one that I had done, like I said, was that salary cap auction, which is not this, it's not a typical redraft type situation. So it was good to get back in it and it was exciting to be, be drafting and all this stuff that we've been talking about. It started to feel slim, like, Football is actually going to happen. Like yeah. I got, I've got a roster now that I drafted for this year, not that I've been working on for years. Like this is this year's roster. It felt good. It yeah. felt real good. Drafts <laughs> with money on the line are fun. Yeah. Mock and drafting. So I'm I'm sorry, we. It's good yeah. to do to practice, but it's yeah. it's, it's boring. Really. Well, it's helpful, but. That's what my episode was there a couple of weeks ago was, you know, you can do the same thing from a mock draft by just, you know, with a piece of paper and going through what different things, you know, different budget constructions and what your team could look like and what can you stomach and what can't you stomach and, and those types of things. So um, you're right where mock it, it's good for practice and the nomination stuff, but if you're in a room with just bots, it's no fun. So I would say if you're going to mock, you know, uh, even just go on Twitter and say, we're all, it's not really a mock. We're all going to put in three bucks and do it as a best ball. And then at least it's got a little bit of money on the line. Like, it'd be wow. amazing what a couple bucks does for guys. Yeah, man. Everyone wants to win, especially a winner take all one. Yeah. Give me the whole thing. Sure. Absolutely. And so um, just on a commissioner side of things, because we know that some of the guys that are listening are commissioners of their auction leagues. We've got, uh, well, we'll say we, you have our big home auction draft coming in this weekend. Uh, as a commissioner, what are you just doing right now? Um, what are some of the formatting things you're looking at with all this COVID? How has it changed things? Just out of curiosity, because I know guys who are listening, there's got to be some commissioners out there too. I'm not really doing much. I think everything's kind of, I've done it, but um, I mentioned this, I think, before the only thing I was looking at was setting up some different kinds of waivers, uh, like more waiver periods. Mm. The biggest thing was trying to trying to give people flexibility should one of their players test positive for COVID uh, right before games. Because the way okay. I understand it right now, they're going to test before games. So as the inactives come out, say at the the – you know, the morning slate of games, then um, if the player tests positive, all of a sudden you'll find out like 45 minutes before kickoff or something, an hour before kickoff, oh, hey, he's not playing now. Well, normally most waivers are already closed, so you're eating something there. Uh, So I thought about making waivers that fall into that time period. So if somebody does test positive, you've got a window to – to grab okay. a player need be. Um, 
that's to me my biggest thing as a commissioner. I just want people to have some flexibility this year. Um, now, are you worried about the season getting cut off and and well, playoff I th- structures? I am. I mean, I think the biggest thing too is to make sure that you have a contingency in place, and ideally, it is it's been okayed like by your league. I think which I haven't personally done yet. I mean, I have a <laughs> yeah. plan in my mind of what I want it to go. Uh, I don't think it would be not voted on, but I, I mean, I just think that you got to have something in place, whether it's, you know, if you week seven and that's the end of it, then whoever's highest scoring team at that point just wins. Um, right. Like you got to think about something somehow to do that. Uh, and ideally, like I said, you should get your league to vote on it just because, everyone knows what can happen once the season starts and now you know something happens and somebody gets hooped a little bit and now they're bitter and they're causing a stink and so you're right that's a good point to bring up that you do need yeah. to have for sure a contingency on how the payout is going to go should Right. Uh, should the you need to or... have it set now. You can't set it, you know, a week before they say, okay, well, this is our last week and you can't be going, okay, what are we doing for the playoffs? Right. Correct. So one of the things that I saw, and I don't know what your thought is on it, but changing this year to an all play. And so you're just playing like for, it's not like not head to heads, it's head to heads versus everybody. And mm-hmm. so you have an overall record. And so by the end of it, you, in theory, have the best team who finishes on top. You know what I mean? And so you could just do the payouts one, two, three, because it's been your team versus everybody all season. No. You're not total points, but the head-to-heads. You're not playing the season like that. You're playing it as normal. And then once it cancels, you just go check the all-play record. Well, like on, like on of, MFL, you can yeah, just, so you can just check it, right? Yeah. Yes. And maybe that's as your backup. That's right. I was thinking that I might have to change it that way in the one league that I commissioned because I was worried about this. But that's right. You, as a as a backup, if you don't actually have a playoffs, then what we're going to do number two, yeah, would be go to all play and see what it looks like. I like that idea because I like that all play feature. I think that is a fairly, um, it's an accurate or the maybe the most accurate way to tell the strength of teams. So yeah, because total points doesn't do it because you might have one blow up week not or the whatever, best. right? No, yeah, you're right. That all play is it does factor in a lot more things. So, right. but I don't like to play the season that way because part of the season is you versus your buddy, That's right. and right, it's that it's the nail biting, it's the Monday nighter, and an all play doesn't do that. You don't have that same. No, I feel like if you want to play that way, you might as well just play a best ball league or something. And right. Then that kind of does that to some extent. So, right. Yeah. But that's right. a good point. So, I do I do like the idea of that all play as the, the fall. I think I'll so MFL that. does have that option then, right? So as a commissioner, you could always go and say, well, would be the all play yep. record? Yep. You there can you always go. look those up under the settings and stuff. All right. Well, that's what I'm doing for the dynasty that I commissioned. Then, if you, could, I was going to just change it all together just for this year. But if I can just go to it as a pl- plan B, if needed, then that's what I'm going to do. So it still has that head to head because we yeah. do conferences, and this one conference always trash talks the other conference as being the best conference. And well, big deal if you can finish whatever within your conference. Your conference sucks. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Have to have you have to have that part of it. And so, um, you know, the all play would take all of that away. Yeah. For sure. So, so, anyways, okay. Well, all right. Well, there you go. So we got a little commissioner uh, commissioner's corner there at the end. Uh, I'm excited that I just, prior to the broadcast tonight, got asked to help a little bit with the auctioneering on Saturday in our home auction. Now, we have like a waiting list for guys who want to get into this auction. And last year, I had my family had to come first and I had to parent and so I couldn't make it into the draft. And so now I'm out on the waiting list, just waiting for an opening so that I can get back in. So my way back in, at least, is that I can be part of the day. We've got a day where we're going to go out and golf, and we're going to have a good time doing that. And then we get together and do a live auction draft with social distancing and masks and food and beer. And so I'm going to uh, support the the league by being the auctioneer and you get to see it from that point of view. And I'm 
kind of interested in seeing it from that point of view because it I've never I've never been there before. So it'll be interesting to see. Um because you'll be able to sit back and critique kind of everybody yeah, and watch sure. everything that's going on. So um it'll be interesting reflection at the end of it for sure. Feel free to throw chirps too like whoa that was <laughs> stupid. I can't believe you just bought that guy. Prince, <laughs> you're an idiot. You just lost. <laughs> I would think I'd rather do that than go for um, the one-time first auctioner who said he was going to go a beer around and <laughs> got to be a little, yeah. bit, little bit tough. Ended up sleeping in the chair in the corner. <laughs> yeah, well, and then when we decided to do boat races after uh, seafood, that was never a good option either. But No, nah, that turned out badly for some. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Technicolor rainbow, I think, uh, the Technicolor yawn, it ended up being. But anyways, all right, so well, that was a uh, good show. We got to answer some Twitter questions. We got to break down a draft. We got to talk about some roster construction and just seeing some of what some of those tendencies are right now and some of the price points are in your auction draft. So if guys are auctioning this weekend, make sure you keep us in the loop. Let us know how things went. Share with us your rosters. Um so that we can, you know, we can give you the, some chirps or some critiques or let you know how things went. And uh, if uh, if you are interested to share some of those price points, because it's how it'll help us with our overall auction values. Be sure to be sure to head on over to the website, thefantasyfootballauction.com. Check out the members area uh, in there. You've got, like we mentioned, at the front end of the podcast. You've got the sheets where you can get all of our spreadsheets, which includes the auction values, and then all of our actual draft sheets that the boys bring into their actual drafts. Um, and then the second tier that you can do just for an additional five bucks is the premium podcast where we've got a breakdown by position. Slim and Blister have done all the positions. They've done budget breakdowns. And then also too, you've got that email address where you can really ask those intricate, uh, questions to make those uh, important decisions. I'm thinking it'd be really good for the keeper leagues. Like we were talking about earlier today. So that's the fantasy football And, uh, we don't always ask, but why not do a rate and review and those types of things on your favorite, uh, podcast app to help us move up the ranks and help to push the auction love out there. So anything else to add, I guess I'll just see you on Saturday. Yes, you will. And that's all I got to add. That's all you got to add. All right. Well, Slim and Blister, if you're out there, out there, out there. I'll see you guys on Saturday. And for the rest of you, I'll see you when it's springtime in the Rockies. When it's springtime in the Rockies, I'll be coming.